We're recording inside the Cohab Podcast Studio space under the Texas Street Bridge by the Red River in downtown Shreveport, Louisiana. And this is the 3180 Podcast. What is going on in the 318? What is our current identity? Shreveporters can make this place into the city we want it to be. It's time for Shreveport to make a 180. Every Thursday, we are having conversations about doing just that. We're talking to people who are making the difference in our city. I'm Josh Clayton. I'm Thomas Young. Welcome to the 3180 Podcast. Andrew Crawford, welcome to the 3180 Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on here. Um, it is... Uh, it's a pleasure to have the, the owner of Rhino here in our studio. So thank you for joining us today, and, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick your brain. and And we've we've had a long and detailed conversation with Landon Lloyd Miller, and I won't I won't make you uh, tell us all about coffee today. Oh, uh, he probably could talk longer than I could on that. He seems he's he and Thomas are far more knowledgeable about coffee than um, than I'll ever be. But um, I do want to talk to you today about operating and, and owning a. Uh, a successful coffee franchise in, in the world of Starbucks. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, I, I guess we, I came back to Shreveport from Waco, Texas, where there were Starbucks and independent coffee shops. And we'd, we'd go to Starbucks, but we preferred the independents and got back here, had a job after college and realized that there wasn't an independent. Yeah. And that there was a gap in the market for a independent coffee shop. And that's, that's kind of where it started the conversation. Well, good deal. Tell us about your upbringing and and, uh, and growing up here in Shreveport. I know you're from here. From here, grew up here. Had three brothers. Uh, you're the third of the four. I'm the I'm the third. Third I'm of the four. Third, third of the four. And the uh, oldest is my age. Oldest is your age. Yeah. The middle one above me is two years younger than you, I think. Okay. Um, and then my youngest brother uh, is in his twenties. I should remember his exact age, but. Uh, I don't. So we can, we can add it later. <laughs> yeah, all all the Crawford brothers are successful in their own right. Um, who plays the cello? My youngest brother, and he okay. just graduated from Juilliard. So yeah, he's he, a little more famous than you. He's a little. He's a lot more famous than me. Okay. He's played in Russia and uh, and the Louvre. And I but mean, you haven't played in this. No, yeah, uh, my mom would get mad. She calls me a mu- <laughs> or I call myself a music school dropout. And she's like, no, no, you've got other talents. I'm like, it, it's okay. I'm, I'm okay with she's, that. She's in charge of what, Centenary Suzuki School? Centenary Suzuki School. So, And did, did you play an instrument growing up? I played the violin for eight years. Really? And then too many fights with my mother. Um, we thought it would be better for my, our relationship if I stopped playing the violin. Did, so. Edward played lacrosse. That, that, he played the violin. Oh, did he play the violin? We okay. were all... We all played an instrument. Okay. So he played lacrosse and the violin. And, so. and did you play lacrosse at Baylor? I did. I played lacrosse at Magnet and Baylor. Okay. So, uh, so you went to you went to um, you went to Magnet High School and, and then, then and then Baylor. Where'd you go before that? Southfield. Okay. So I grew up at Southfield. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, and then uh, right Magnet and then went to Baylor and then came right. back here. So. Um, you spent four years at Baylor and got an undergrad degree, right? Got an undergrad. And is that all the schooling you got after high school? Or? That's all I got. Um, gotcha. I was never great at school. Um, so I, I enjoyed school, but was never wonderful at it. So when I got out, yeah. I was thrilled thrilled to be out. Well, <laughs> what, what, um, what made you want to come back? I mean, what memories did you have of growing up here in Shreveport that made you think that after, I mean, you're in Waco, I'm sure the feeding tube to Dallas and to Houston and to Austin were, were right in front of you. They were strong. I, um, 
I never thought I'd come back to Shreveport, uh, but that was right. I, when I graduated, um, jobs, I, I tried to get a job in Austin. Yeah. Ironically, people talk about not being able to get jobs in Shreveport. The Shreveport was the only place I got a job. Um, and then my brother, my youngest brother, had just got accepted to a music conservatory mm-hmm. and dropped out of high school to go to a music conservatory in Philadelphia on a full ride. But he was 17, so my mom had to go with him for two <laughs> years. Uh, so my dad was living at home alone. I would graduated college. He's like, well, I mean, you want to come live in Shreveport <laughs> for a couple of years? So that's kind of how it started. And then I, I remembered the love that I had for Shreveport. I mean, I'm, I loved Waco, ironically. People laugh at me because I'm like, we, we were in Waco before Chip and Joanna, before I mean, before Waco was cool, and really enjoyed it. <laughs> Did Chip and Joanna make it cool? I, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. And well, I the was, fact that our football team, oh yeah, actually started winning some games. Um, I had the distinct pleasure of accompanying my wife to this Chip and Joanna situation. Um, <laughs> they have a, a barn. Yeah, they had the silos, which I worked right next to the silos. Before be, before they were well, this people thing. are like, what what? How was it working next to silos? I was like, it was an abandoned grain silo. There was nothing there. Um, so, they uh, my in laws run hotels in Waco, and the a few weekends back, they had one hundred twenty thousand visitors come to Waco because and of the Chip and Joanna, Joanna situation. They had a five k, and no, they had a half marathon there, and it just that seems appropriate. It just blew so, up. I mean. Yeah, I got conned into this trip on the way back from Austin, Texas. You know, if you if 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 you want to figure out the quickest route home, you pick it yourself because evidently uh, evidently we had to go through Waco for something that I did not know about. This was a Monday. What could be going on in Waco on a Monday? The warehouse, the the barn, uh, and teeming with people. Oh, it's packed. I mean, oh, and, uh, they just they opened up a bakery. The lines wrapped around the block. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's hashtags and there's merchandise and there's tchotchkes, and uh, <laughs> it, I'm telling you the chip and Joanna game. That's my version of hell. Um, but anyway, but Waco was booming on a Monday, uh, you know, after a long fun weekend in Austin. But um, so you you get back to Shreveport and um, give me a timeline here. When when was when was that? Uh, I got to back to Shreveport in 2010. Okay. So. All right, so I'm, I'm back here in 2008, and um, I don't even – Landon, in his interview with, um, with Thomas, mentioned that there was a point at which there wasn't a Lawn Avenue Starbucks. And I don't know when that thing opened up, but I remember being back in Shreveport and not being able to access uh, a, a decent coffee shop or what I consider to be a good coffee shop. I didn't love Starbucks coffee. But where I'd come from in Hammond, we I could there was a PJ's within walking distance to my office in my house, right. and there was a there was a, an Aveda salon that also had a coffee shop as a Inside part of it. of it. Yeah, and they had they had pretty good coffee too. So it was kind of a shock to my system to get to Shreveport. Yeah, I mean we used to have a PJ's. Uh, one of the projects yeah. that I did before we started Rhino was try and figure out why all the coffee shops closed. What'd you figure out? PJ's was a weird situation. The franchise owner was a med student either the franchise owner was a med student or his significant other was a med student and they had a location across from lsus and they had a location uh by Broadmoor. shavers yeah but yeah, yeah on the corner of ockley and yuri but they weren't on yuri they were down the, that strip runs perpendicular to yuri so right. they were at the other end of that so that was a situation where 
the med student got placed. Okay. They tried to run it remotely, mm. and it just didn't work. So it was yeah. running, as far as I can tell, it was running well until absentee owners. Um, and what, what year did those PJs close? You know, they were closed when I came back. Okay. So I, I don't know. I remember visiting in college. I um, studied for the bar exam. I came up here on the 4th of July weekend in 2006, and I remember going to that PJ's yeah. um, on Ockley. And so between Erie. 6 and Between 10. 6 and 10, that PJ's yeah. closed. Well, and then there used to be, ironically, a, a shop in the mall, Piermont Mall, uh, Jelks. Okay. All right. And I talked to Jip, uh, not Bobby Jelks, but his brother. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him, and he said, I, I was just ahead of the time. Yeah. Like, he said, this is when Whataburger was selling 50-cent cups of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's like, no one wanted to pay for a nice cup of coffee. Yeah. So he's like, I made 80% of my business on baskets at Christmas. Okay. So, wow. so we talked about that. I was not able to get a hold of uh, Yuri's. Mm-hmm. Um, the coffee shop in front of um, Target. Yeah. Did you try? On, did you try to do that one? I tr- well, I tried to like uh, track down the owner. That was a okay. project of mine. Is just trying to figure out, trying to find all the old coffee shop owners and oh, ask wow. them why they closed. Was it? Was this some independent research you were doing? Because you, why did you want to open a coffee shop? I, I'm a web developer by trade, and at at Baylor we had a coffee shop right off. From right, or from the campus, uh-huh. and we'd go there and post up and make websites, and we'd know everyone there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we—that's where we found the rule. Like, I'd get up every hour and order a cup of coffee because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm taking their chair. Like, mm-hmm. I'm making money out of their coffee shop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna support them. But mm-hmm. I got to know all the baristas and just had a general love there. Um, and so it was an environment that you were accustomed to that you had back in college that you couldn't find really here in Shreveport. We couldn't find the environment or the community. And yeah. uh, I laugh. I did an interview a few years back where he's like, what's great about Rhino? And I'm like, well, we really want a good community. Like, mm-hmm. we want people to come to Rhino and be able to have coffee, meet with people, and at the end, and, and have book club. And at the end of the uh, interview, he was like, well, and the coffee's good, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, we hadn't talked at all about the coffee, yeah. but community is just important to us as the coffee. I mean, um, and the coffee, I mean, that was one of the reasons we actually start roasting is because we were getting all our coffee from Austin, Texas. Yeah. We weren't overjoyed with the product, uh-huh. and we weren't thrilled that we were shipping money yeah. to Austin. Yeah. And I'm like, they've got plenty of it. So that, that, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's one of the reasons we started down even the roasting avenue. Was, okay. Um, and I'm, I'm jumping around. That was later. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I do want to get to that. Um, had the opportunity to go check out your fancy-dancy roasting machine. <laughs> and Landon, Landon Lloyd Miller gave us a, a, a tour of that spot the other day. Got some good pictures that we'll upload to the website from, from his episode. Um, but... Uh, and I left there highly caffeinated. They, well, gave, good. they, they well, gave good. me some free samples that we owe you for. Um, <laughs> so you, what job did you have when you got back here? I was in commercial IT. Okay. And ironically, so I worked for a company that uh, contracted out IT. Okay. So if you were a smaller company or you didn't have an IT developed guy, mm-hmm. we were on call. Okay. And I was, uh, my, my primary client, client was Moonbot. Okay. So All I right. moved back, and that was right when Moonbot was starting out. Did you do the IT, or were you more of a, a front of the house guy? No, I was. I was IT. I was back, oh, well. back in okay. the house. So I, I I collected computers, ran network lines. I, I did the grunt work. Well, when did Crawford Design spring up? 
Uh, that was college. We've always done that. So okay. that, that was web design. Uh, my roommate and I did it uh, for beer money, honestly. Yeah, I mean, sure. They, uh, we, uh, so we built websites in college. And then... What'd you get your undergrad in? Uh, film and digital media. Okay. So, so you know how to build a website. Know how to build a website. Um, you know how to code in JavaScript or whatever the kids <laughs> use these days. Whatever the kids use. Yeah. The guys in the office are a lot better at it than I am. Okay. Uh, so, but I, mm. I still can make my way around a website. Well, I mean, I think the the real test of an entrepreneur is can can you at least develop some modicum of decency at the project and then hire experts to and do then it. Hire right? people that are better at it. Hey, yeah, and it, it ain't hard to find. <laughs> um, so. So Crawford Design um, was an is it, is it an LLC? I mean, it's an operational business. It's you make op- yeah yeah we we pay pay taxes. So yeah, it's yeah. a we've got we host websites, we d- develop websites, and maintain websites. Okay, so you're doing that, and you're the IT guy for this company at the same time. Or I actually did Crawford Design out of Cohab. So I'd, okay. I'd work eight to five, and then I'd go to Cohab mm-hmm. and uh, start coding websites. Okay. The, so, the old cohab on commerce. Street. The old cohab. The old cohab. Before they had these fancy digs with the uh, with the podcast studio inside. Um, but yeah, I remember the John Grinley's dream of of, of of co-working space. And I remember he and I met each other and I think he bought me a po'boy and some beer and I helped him um, negotiate a lease for that commerce street space. And I was like, this ain't going to work. <laughs> and it, now I'm paying him rent to rent a, a podcast studio space. I know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Grinley was a, a, a great... Uh, uh, 2010, 20, 2009, 10, 11, kind of entrepreneur here in Shreveport yeah. that uh, is still around, but but really was influential with the Robinson Film Center and, Co- and Cohab down here. He really was. He really so was. I didn't realize you operated out of there. So at um, so you're looking, I'll bring us back to, you're looking at Uri's, you're looking at PJ's, you're trying to figure out why independent coffee shops didn't work here in town. Right. Uh, that was uh, that was one of the project, just self-imposed projects that I wanted to figure out. Yeah, uh, kind of like a, a, a grad school that you're trying to teach yourself, like a case study of what, what failed, what what succeeded. What to do differently. Yeah. I mean, and I, after working through it, I, I mean, some of the guys bought their stuff from Sam's Club, repackaged it, marked it up 20%. Yeah. Um, some of the guys, I mean, it was a wide variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. So when we opened Rhino, we opened with a baker. Uh, we make all the products from scratch. Um, yeah, you opened a restaurant. Yeah, I mean, let, I mean let's be clear. Uh, I mean, it was, it's far beyond just a basic coffee shop. Right. And, so. and what, what is, did you learn from your case study that you needed to have good food to make money or? Coffee alone, uh, we didn't think that coffee alone could sustain okay. in Shreveport. Yeah, so, so, and that's why you made a decision to actually have a, like a full menu, like breakfast and lunch. Breakfast know? and lunch. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that's where we came of, and this is getting a little technical, but you need an average ticket price. And, yeah, yeah. And if you come in and buy a cup of coffee, it's two bucks. Right. If you come and buy a cup of coffee at a $5 breakfast burrito, mm-hmm. you're not looking at $7. Okay. So, I mean, could I have gotten, could I have made you spend $7 without, without food? Probably not. No, I mean, I yeah. so you're not going to buy eight cups of coffee mm-hmm. there. And so that's kind of where we came with, Okay, we need to do food, but we need to do just simple food. I okay. mean, our, our stuff's not that fancy, mm-hmm. but we try our best to have it all from scratch and 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 really good. So, yeah, and the uh, consistency's there too. Like, right. I mean, if I have a rhino biscuit, which I I try to tackle one of those about once every few months. <laughs> they're um, big. We, all, yeah, all by myself too. I don't I don't share, but the, yeah, they they're as good now as they were a few years ago, and they're very similar, and they it, they're amazing. Well, we we did that. 
intentionally, we, we, we had some small biscuits. And I was like, everyone does small biscuits. We have to set ourselves apart. So <laughs> let's make a burger out of this let's, thing. Let's make a really big biscuit. Uh, and let's make an egg patty uh, that we use muffin tins. So we break eggs, scramble them, and cook them off in muffin tins. Mm-hmm. And they're that big. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so we, we tried to set ourselves apart just by size. <laughs> so. Hey, well, it worked. I mean, you've got the biggest biscuits in town. Thank you. Uh, uh, well, and, and like breakfast in Shreveport is what? Strawn's? Diners. Yeah. Diners. Strawn's, fast food, Rhino, Ralph's. Yeah, until like, another broken egg opened, there wasn't like a fancy breakfast place. Well, and, and another broken egg, like they're not afraid to charge you like $36 for eggs and bacon it's yeah. very very <laughs> expensive for for the product and and i mean i guess that's the model but yeah i mean it's it's a you know it's a high-end breakfast lunch restaurant or whatever but or maybe not high-end but you know what i mean it's and it's co- a chain the cost is yeah sure is, well and yeah. we're and we're content obviously always experimenting i mean yeah we're trying to get good breakfast but also fast breakfast I mean, so not fast food. Right, but. right. Oh, no, the, the, the burrito comes out fast. I'm, I'm more, I order the burrito more than the biscuit because it's uh, it's a little light. I get the burrito without the, the, the tortilla sometimes, too. They'll give me, like, eggs and, eggs and, bacon. and bacon. Yeah, and it's salsa. great. The sauce is funny. That's my mother-in-law's recipe. It's delicious. Um, I, we were just, I was eating a burrito one day. I'm like, this sauce is just not good. Like, <laughs> why are we serving this? And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I convinced this my mother-in-law. This stuff's made in New York City. Uh, yeah, I convinced my mother-in-law to give me her family salsa recipe um, that she really doesn't give out. Uh, it's fantastic. So we we make that from scratch too. And you so. make the salmon. We make the salmon too. Okay, I have a question about the salmon. This always I never know how to eat that thing without everything falling off. How do you do it? Like, you know, I I rarely eat. Do you make a sandwich out of it? Like, I eat the sandwich. Okay. Well, I, right. like, I, I don't eat the bagel. Uh, okay. But I, I, most people yeah. do it with a fork because yeah, it just it flakes like if off. You, if you try to pick it up, it like you bite into it, but then it, it, it falls. It all comes down. Because it's, it's, a, it's not like a lox. It's, it's a, not It's lox. a smoked salmon as yeah. opposed to a dry. What is That's like a dry. A, uh, cold smoke. Is, cold smoke. Like, so we... David Bates tried to explain this whole thing to me. He he teaches people to make this. Really? Like, he teaches people to make locks? Yeah. And we we had to change. It used to be bagels and locks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people were not familiar with the word locks. Yeah. So we changed it to bagels and salmon. Okay. Because, um, <laughs> I mean... It's okay. you got to cater to your market. Uh, but uh, funny, Boz, like we opened and... I picked up like Cisco salmon, and it, once again, it was horrible. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and Boz gave me that recipe, and we've tweaked it. But um, the the smoked the salmon, salmon at Rhino is was originally like Boz taught you to do. Mm-hmm. Boz is known for his healthy cooking, like smoked salmon. <laughs> Whenever I he think was like, I only do it on Sundays, and it, it, people really don't eat a lot of it. So yeah. uh, here's the recipe. Uh, Whenever so. I'm on a diet, I'm like, I'm going to Maryland's. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a small portion. It's a big <laughs> diet place. All right, so how did you come to locate in an old dress shop, and how did you come to locate about a stone's throw from a Starbucks coffee? Well, we, I, I, in full disclosure, I hired a consultant out of Austin, okay. uh, someone that I knew uh, that had opened coffee shops. And I went and actually asked him for advice. He's like, well, I actually charge people for this. I'll, I'll, <laughs> you, I'll buy you. You can buy me coffee and we'll talk today. But if you want a long-term advice, yeah, I'll have to pay you or uh, you have to pay me. Uh, 
But Starbucks brings people. I mean, Starbucks is actually good for the coffee industry yeah. because they bring people in the area that want coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of research. It's just like uh, Burger King and McDonald's yep. are normally right next to each other. Um, Starbucks does all the market research. McDonald's does all the market research. Burger King just puts them right next to McDonald's. Um, they save on the market research by just letting someone else do the market I, research. I know a guy that owns a burger franchise, and his burger, his parent company that told him, he said, we locate as close to McDonald's as we can find you some property. And, and you're going to have to be in one of the places that we select for you because McDonald's has already done everything we need. Well, that's, that's the same with Starbucks. Yeah. They, they do all the market research. The dress shop was kind of weird. I mean, we, were, we couldn't find a place that we liked. We didn't want to be in a strip mall. Um, found out they were closing and went through negotiations. And they, uh, then we got declined by the NPC. Oh, wow. And I was like, hey, I don't have any money to pay you rent yet. And she goes, well, if you just keep letting in these brides, they were closed and selling dresses for us. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> so for about two months, I was having to let brides in. Uh, <laughs> and they would like come down and ask me what I thought. I'm do you, like, do you think Shreveport, the, the secret to the business model in Shreveport is flexibility? Like what you're saying, where it's like, like currently with Jacqueline's was a place that was, those guys were, had had their run. They were like, we're, we're getting older. We, we would like to move on and do something else. And you guys were like, we, we think this is a good yeah. viable model. But that doesn't mean that you thought you were going to be down there bussing tables. <laughs> but, but you still... But it's flexibility. But, but no. you have to do that. And that's sort of, sort of indicative of this market is like, if you were to say like, no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm way too important and busy to be letting people in to buy a dress, all you need to do is go, well, I mean, how, uh, all day long? No, no, just a couple people are going to come in and need dresses. Like, okay, yeah. sure. I'll fit that in my schedule. No, I like the flex because it, it really was. It's like it, it wasn't even every day. It was like two or three times a week. Right. right? And the, the funniest part was the brides were trying to haggle with me. And I'm like, I, I don't know the dress. <laughs> yeah. like, I have no authority here, man. Like, I'm just <laughs> Let the key me, holder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, I agree. I mean. Um, so ha- you, you what, haggled with the MPC while you were being haggled with by a potential bride or soon to be brides. The MPC, we made a mistake. And. Uh, I in wish the, someone would write. You in the write, application process? Yeah. Okay. I wish someone would write a book about how to open a business entry report because okay. there's a lot of red tape. Um, but Like uh, what? I'm in. What do we got to do? <laughs> we'll, we'll sit down. No, ser- I'm serious. We'll sit down and we'll do it. it, it the 3180 will put this book out if it makes it easier. for Because be, yeah. this is the thing what just we were talking about before we started recording. There are certain things like that you figure out. Like, wait a minute. You can't put this up because it's. Does it's not the proper level of fire retardant. Nobody even told me that. Now I've put it up. Now you're coming in and telling me to take it down. Like, I really just wish I knew some of those things. Well, it's like the permits. Like, I got in trouble for a little while because, like, we needed to blow out a wall. I called someone and blew out a wall. Um, called a plumber. And then I found out that it all needs to be permitted. Um, I didn't have a contractor. Um, <laughs> I was just calling people that I like. I well, if you follow the rules, you need yeah. all the, so, um, so this was at the, was this at the dress shop? Or yeah, was the dress at, shop. Okay. Um, so this is, what year is this when you opened Rhino? Uh, we opened 2012. So all this right. was what, probably 2011. Right. Um, so you're in there and, and you, did you locate Crawford Design upstairs at that point? We did. So. And so you're up there 
building websites for people and you're and you're trying to get a coffee shop opened and your Austin consultant has told you this is a good spot. He said this is a good spot. Um, he laughed. He's like, to have a coffee shop, you need to have horrible parking, and this is great. Um, you have bad parking. Um, so he said that's typical of an independent coffee shop. But okay. uh, we uh, gives it authentic feel. Authentic feel. So yeah. we negotiated our lease, and um, so what? What roadblocks at the NPC level did you have to overcome? Oh, we had a. Well, the one that shut me down was we had a, a floor plan. Um, and it didn't have any tables. And the, the secretary at NPC was like, just throw some tables in there. It's no big deal. So we just literally threw some tables in there. Well, one of the neighbors got up at the meeting and was like, he's got 97 tables in there. Um, he doesn't have enough parking. This is going to be detrimental to the neighborhood. And they declined it. And I, I went back to the lady. Like, you told me, like, throw some tables. Throw some tables in there. We didn't count them. We just threw some tables in there. Uh, but they, uh, I had to meet with every individual MPC member and make sure that they were okay with it. Oh. I met with the neighborhood. I held an open forum with the neighborhood. Um, and that, so that was one of the road, other roadblocks. One of the roadblocks. Well, and at this point, you're an asset to the neighborhood. That's the hope. Well, and, and, um, and, and uh, originally it was like, wait, we don't know what you're doing. That they, People get scared. That's why it's like, we don't want this because we don't know what it's going to be. I'd be a perfect example is, is uh, I was telling Chase, have a neighborhood meeting. He was telling me about a project oh, yeah. he was working on. Yeah. And I'm like, tell the neighbors before you go to the NPC because you they, can, you yeah. can dissolve any problems there without having someone step up in front of the NPC board. Um, so, did, did you have to reduce the number of tables to accommodate the number of parking spots that you had? I did. I did. Uh, so it's directly, and this was before the Unified Development Code. Okay. And so, but like, and we had to, we had to get a special appeal to say that we're not using the second floor. Okay. So that for the should, coffee shop. So that right. So that shouldn't be factored into okay. our one table for or one parking spot for every hundred square feet. Rhino isn't, but another business is. Did you have to have a sufficiently accommodating parking for your employees upstairs? <laughs> I did, but it's office, and, okay. and so it's different than retail. That's right. Um, okay. So it's a different load. But we uh, we actually rented parking spaces from Newt Dorsett. Um, so right. we rent parking. He owns the building right next to us. Okay. They have too much parking. Um, so that was one of the deals we had to file. That was one of the roadblocks. We had to file a lease with the NPC that showed that we had extra parking. Um, so what kind of delay was that? Was it a six-month delay? No, or it two was month, two months. Two it month was delay. two-month delay. So, and then uh, the, the only other delay, the fire marshal hated our wooden doors. Those beautiful wooden doors. Beautiful too. wooden doors said they're not ADA compliant, you're gonna have to rip them out. And I said, I, I'm not gonna do that. And he made a joke. And like I said, I, I told you earlier, I'm friends with the fire marshal now. He's like, well, I mean, if, if you're not gonna rip them out, you're gonna have to like blow a door over there in the in the wall, just cut a new door in the wall. And I kind of looked at him like, okay. That's fine. That's that's great. It's a solution, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, it, we, we later laughed about it. He's like, I was just kidding. Like I was trying to encourage you to rip the wooden doors out, but that's how we have our ramp in the front of Rhino is because they wanted us to rip the wooden doors out. So that's that's not considered a fire exit. Um, it's just 
an accident. Oh, the wooden door? The wooden door. So yeah. he refused to label that a fire accident. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have a door along the side. I mean, you've got... We have yeah. plenty of other fire exits. So yeah. if you if you would were counseling a, a business owner right now, like a potential business owner, what would you... I mean, obviously, you've told Chase to... Uh, uh, he's got a project that, that might be in a neighborhood somewhere, and you say, get the neighborhood on board before you apply to the MPC. We, uh, I would say that. I would say... Um, we did not have enough working capital when we opened. Okay. I, 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 I had a, a lot of stressful time mm-hmm. making payroll. Um, yeah. And I just, because I didn't know. And we, I, I, Red River Bank was really great to me. They'd call me and be like, hey, can you get some money in the bank today? And I'm like, oh, I, I hadn't done that. Um, I'm going to go count deposits. So um, the first couple the first year was a little rough. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, mean, yeah. it was, I think a lot of people don't understand that about business. Yeah, like we, I later, I later read in a book that you need to have six months working capital of not selling any prop, not selling any food. And I'm like, huh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> God, yeah. That there's there's a lot about running any kind of small business that. Well, you're familiar with that. I mean, that's yeah, and I'm on a much smaller scale. You know, on a much smaller scale. Um, but uh, so so you get this place open by 2012, mm-hmm. and I mean it looks. Here, here's kind of what I wanted to touch on is, we, we might have had a couple of independent coffee shops in town, and I'd been to a couple of these. Um, when you walk into Rhino, that you've branded this thing. It is it. There is an maybe it looked like that. I'd never been in the dress shop. I don't know what the dress shop looked like, but it has a feel to it. And it, I mean, the same photographs are on the wall that that were there when you opened, it still feels new. It still feels, it still feels like a place that you might uh, go, you know, everybody comes back from these other cities and they're like, why don't we have a blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're like, well, we kind of do like, you know, that really cool taco shop you went to in Austin. We've got like two or three of those. Yeah. Like, we now have, have those. Yeah. Just... And that real cool, funky coffee shop that you thought was so awesome in Asheville. We've got a couple of those too. So they're called Rhino. So like, how did you create that? And well, I think more importantly, why did you want to create that? before you had enough money to make your six months of working capital? Like, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the enough money was just ignorance, I guess. Uh, I, I thought we- Well, a lot of entrepreneurs can't just go round up that kind of money. No. But like, I, why was the aesthetic important to you? I think it, it, it goes back, and we actually had to stop using my favorite coffee shop in Waco's name, because they got mad at us, because yeah. uh, they accused us of ripping them off. And I'm yeah. like, I mean, that's the best form of flattery. like. I loved your shop so much yeah. that I missed it and wanted to recreate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's an old house, yeah. and I think there's something to be said of warm walls and mm-hmm. couches and. Uh, but um, it's community, like that's that's what you said initially. It's like, yes, we're gonna have. Co- it's community. What what do we surrender? Like a, a back in the day, that would have been the pub, right? But it, now it's kind of not kosher to go to the pub at seven a.m. Like. <laughs> You know, yeah. like well, if this was New Orleans, you could be serving beer, but you could also serve coffee and food and, and all in the same place. This is a smaller place, so you could sell coffee and then you can sell beer and wine and stuff in the afternoon. So, but, but it's, it's really nicely it's, done too. It's the like, commute, right? Yeah. But it's the community. Like you go in there, you, oh, I, I know that person from the coffee shop. Well, yeah, you all, you all both know Bob Griffin, mm-hmm. right? Who passed. He, he came four times a week, um, <laughs> and I was at his funeral, and he told a great uh, – it made me happy to hear, but his, he was in the hospital, and his daughter was like, what can I get you? And he goes, coffee. Yeah, okay, I'll go get your coffee order. And she goes, where do you go? And he goes, Rhino. 
She goes, well, what do you get? And he's like, just tell him it's for Bob. <laughs> and she goes, no, like, Dad, what do you get? Like, I'm not going to be embarrassed. And she said she told the story of, like, she went up there, and she goes, I don't know what it is. My dad is Bob Griffin. And they're like, oh, Mr. Bob. <laughs> she said she did that about 14 times in two weeks and never had someone ask her what the drink was. And finally asked and was like, well, yeah, if you're here for a week, you know who Bob Griffin is. And that, that's our hope is that you come in and you're like, hey, Josh, what's going on? You're regular or you want something different? And going back to community. Yeah. Oh, the community space where people can meet and then, hey, I'm here. I'm going to buy a coffee. Uh, yeah. But like, I've, I've seen something at Andrew's shop that I didn't see at some of those other shops. And I, and I don't, I mean, maybe it's the, maybe location, location, location. But some of the other ones were located in really... You know, we, we, you know, and uh, we we do a lot with atmosphere. I mean, we, yeah. we spend money. I mean, downtown we have we spent money on nice bookshelves and grand. Yeah, the downtown location is beautiful. I mean, we we realized that we couldn't replicate in downtown. We realized we couldn't replicate the old house feel. Yeah, so but we you, needed yeah, to go different. You want a more urban feel downtown. Yeah, I mean, so we right. had to go a different look. Yeah, um, and it's. I mean, we you talk about fresh. I'm glad you say that. We we actually paint in the evening frequently I'm to sure. try and keep it looking yeah. clean uh, and try and replace needed, furniture. Yeah, it hasn't needed big remodels or anything. Like, I love those old theater chairs that are yeah. that encircle a large round table. I mean, you've created the atmosphere that you want the community to enjoy. You didn't just randomly throw, you might have randomly thrown 97 tables in there at one point, at one point. but now it's very curated. It's very, it is. it's very, you, you have made an atmosphere in there before anyone walks in, and then obviously the community creates that. But, um, and it's, it's all very intentional. Right. I think it is. is no, it? it is. It is. I mean, we, we, we taped it all out. And mm -hmm. I mean, we haven't strayed from our original layout much because that was the point of the original layout. So do you get any complaints from the South Highlands neighborhood these days? Or, I mean, you get a lot of traffic up and down Southfield that you didn't have before. We used to. We okay. used to get complaints parking on the street. Yeah. Things like that. Mm -hmm. I, think, I, I think they've come to welcome us. And, I mean, we tell people all the time we would be nothing without our neighborhood. So, like, if the neighborhood hadn't welcomed us, we would be under. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think they've gotten adjusted to it. I mean, we, um, our, our, our neighborhood was so helpful. At one point in time, Piermont Mall didn't want us parking in their parking lot. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, it's, it's your lot. We, we agree. I mean, so we put a post out that says, hey, effective next month, please don't park in our Piermont Mall's parking lot. And a month later, Piermont Mall came back and was like, We'll, we'll give you a lease. Just <laughs> yeah. please ask your customers to stop calling us. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, 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 you got to love Shreveport for that. We were very thankful of it. I mean, that, it, wasn't our, awesome. it wasn't our parking lot. And we're, yeah. um, but so we, we weren't. But now you have the signs up on the Piermont Mall side that say, you know, this is Rhino parking. And they uh, asked us to confine it. They're like, we're going to give you a lease. We're going to give you 10 parking spots, but we want you to confine it to this area so your customers aren't parking. Okay. Um, so. but a, a certain employee has asked me to ask you um, about your time teaching other folks how to canoe and kayak before your foray into entrepreneurship. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about... Uh, but well, I don't know who you've been talking to. I've but, been, yeah. So uh, tell, before you got into this coffee business and into, into fighting the NPC and and getting the patio on the, on the downtown location, what were you doing with uh, Young Life? So I worked in British Columbia. Yeah. Um, at Young Life, it was a it was a camp called Beyond Malibu. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge, gorgeous camp, and it was used to owned by a big uh, millionaire mm -hmm. called Malibu. 
and we were beyond Malibu because yeah. <laughs> we were a mile past it. Okay. Um, and it, it was taking uh, mainly inner, inner city, like city kids up into the mountains, teaching them how to glacier climb um, and rock climb. How'd you learn how to backpack? do backpack? Up there. I've really? always loved it, but they actually taught me the right ways to do mm -hmm. it. Um, so we, I mean, we did it in college. I, yeah. I actually got a rest, I, statue of limitations is gone, I guess, but uh, <laughs> I, I got arrested for <laughs> repelling off the Texas Street Bridge. Um, and In college or high school? Uh, right after high school. I had all the gear. <laughs> And uh, we were rappelling down. We'd actually done it twice. Uh, the second time we got arrested, uh, Bozier and Shreveport showed up. Bozier or Shreveport actually thought it was funny. Bozier was like, we'll take them. Um, <laughs> and they, I got arrested for jumping from a state bridge uh, and booked at CC's or at, at Benton. Yeah, plain uh, dealing. And it was plain, yeah. Yeah, and they it, take you all the way up there? It, I, well, they took me to a drunk tank but what I didn't realize, and I was, they're like, what are you on? And we're like, nothing. That'd be dangerous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just repelling. Yeah, this is like, just this repelling. Is just this normal. is what we do. Yeah. So I, what I didn't realize, it was a Sunday night, and every Monday morning they transfer anyone in the Bossier Parish drunk tanks up to the big place. And oh, God. I knew when they were like, here's your jumpsuit. And I, I like put my jumpsuit on. They're like, no, give me your boxers, too. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. So, so, so you you're you're up in Canada and you're this was a, a summer job in college. It or? was it was two two years. We worked I, I worked three months up there, um, and then we we'd be in touch over the over the the school year. Yeah. But there, what I loved about it, I hate to say it because I'm a web developer, is there's no internet, there's no cell service. We have one satellite phone. Um, all the water, all the electricity ran off a hydro mm -hmm. uh, plant. So I mean. We charge our laptop batteries, and there, there's no power. Uh, it was just kind of a cool atmosphere. Uh, I laugh because I lost 30 pounds, not because it was I was on a diet, but we just walked everywhere, mm -hmm. and we didn't have we got food shipments once a week. So I mean, it it really learned made me learn like just the abundance of just food sitting around. Like we only ate three meals a day. No one snacked, and uh, we'd walk everywhere. And I ended up losing like twenty or thirty pounds. <laughs> that sounds like a beautiful life. I mean, it was it was a simple life. I yeah, read, I yeah. read fifteen books the first summer I was up there. There's no TV. There's no yeah. TV. No I mean, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that so you didn't do that after college. That was kind of an in college thing, and then you tried to get a well, job. Well, one year and, after college, yeah. like uh, funny story about my IT job was May hit, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to work my summer job, and my employer told me that I'd signed a year contract with them. <laughs> And I said, well, yeah, I fulfilled August through May, a year contract. <laughs> and luckily he knew me and allowed me to get out of my contract. But, uh, and then I was working on Rhino and took 30 days off from Rhino mm -hmm. because my father told me when I opened the coffee shop, I'd probably never leave. <laughs> um, so I went with a couple friends of mine uh, backpacking through Nepal. And uh, After opening? No. Uh, it was right before? Right before. We were finalizing the plan so it sat empty for a month because he's like once you open this place you'll probably never leave Shreveport again uh, and he I, I get away every once in a while but not for 30 days yeah that's an amazing amount of time to get away all right so you it's uh it's it's cool to me that you, you have a home base now on Southfield you've got your it, is the Crawford Design Group still upstairs we moved um, 
to above their old arterial. Um, so we, we. Oh, you're on the corner of Line and and uh, Gladstone, yeah, right by Burr. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so did that what? did that used to be that um, it was like an outdoor? We were on the other side, but it used to be Red River Outdoors. Red River Outdoors, yeah. Um, and uh, Billy Fontaine. Yes. Which I'm, I've gotten to know Garrett Johnson and Susan Fontaine Johnson. Um, that's his niece or something like that. Okay, so, yeah. Um, cool. I, I've never been in that store. I only knew about like Camper's Corner. This was a. This, this was, was after Camper's Corner, right? I, I don't know the timeline, but I, I know think Billy. Was, like this was like kayaks, canoes. Oh, cool. I mean, hiking. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that was above Ethereal. You could, you could, it's not, it's like, um, right next. It, it faces the bird parking <coughs> lot gotcha. as opposed to facing line. Okay. So we're in the, uh, above timeline antiques, which okay. uh, timeline yeah. used to be a movie theater. The rumor is that we're in the offices of the old movie theater. Okay. Um, so you got, you have a, you have a, your design operation uh, in, in your business operating on the corner of, of uh, Gladstone and Line. You've got right down the street on Southfield, you've got home base Rhino, the original yeah, Rhino. Original Rhino. And um, you opened the downtown location how many years ago? Four years ago. Okay, so downtown's open. Downtown Rhino's open. And that, that was that could not have been an easy feat. No, and the only reason, I hate to say it, the only reason we opened it is because of the landlord. Yeah. Uh, we were looking for a roasting facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, the landlord I talked to about the roasting facility was like, well, yeah, I mean, I've got this warehouse, but I really want a coffee shop mm-hmm. on the corner. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't want to open another coffee shop. And he's like, yeah. I'll help you. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he even, I mean, we were going to put butcher block countertops in. And he's like, no, we need to make this place look nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you granite countertops. Oh, wow. And I was like, man, I, I don't think in the first year we're going to make any money. Yeah. And he's like, I'll make it work on rent. Uh, I mean, wow. so he he was really pivotal, and he just passed. But he was really pivotal to the reason we opened okay. downtown Rhino. We were just looking for a roasting facility. Well, um, I, whether you realize it or not, I mean, I, I, sometimes if you're in a business, it's hard to step away and look at it. But um, not geographically specifically, but you're the, the downtown Rhino is now the commercial hub. Maybe not the commercial hub, but it is the... It's the hub of downtown now. I mean, you got your courthouse, you got your church, and then you know, smack dab in the middle, you've got a, a movie theater and a, and a coffee shop, and that's where. I mean, you can't get any work done in there because you see so many people. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've tried. I mean, yeah. you got you do the handshakes and the hellos for like twenty minutes before you actually sit down and crack your laptop open, but but congrats on that. I mean, well, it can't be you. an easy thing to to operate. Well, I mean, we. Uh once again, I mean, it, it's it's because of people like you who come and support it. I mean, it's I mean, we we open, but I mean, we're just glad. Like I, I see lawyers there, I see people having meetings there, and it, it's fun to see that because it's not people having coffee dates at Uptown. It's uh, we have more of a business professional group there downtown, and they're yeah. hosting meetings there. I mean, mm-hmm. we have the the jury. We made a deal with the courthouse where we feed the jury. Uh, mm-hmm. Landon, he mentioned that you know that you guys have had to make some adjustments to make sure the food gets out on time. And oh yeah, I mean we no one's in a hurry at uptown. I mean that's an understatement. There probably are are overstatement. Um, but if if you're going to go to uptown, you're probably okay to wait 15, 20 minutes for your sandwich because we only have one person in the kitchen. Downtown, you might have a thirty minute lunch break. Mm-hmm. So if you wait twenty five minutes for your food, you're pretty frustrated mm-hmm. so we've had to add staff during lunch shift just because the downtown clientele during the 
lunch shift wants to get in and out. And that was that was new to us because we're used to uptown where, okay, yeah, it might take a little while for your food to come out, but you're sitting there enjoying a cup of coffee. And yeah, they, they have completely different atmospheres, but then there, there's still some continuity of, of branding across both locations. There's a continuity of... Obviously, the food is consistent at both and tastes the same at both, which I know that isn't even easy. We, we struggled a lot with that. And uh, ironically, our graphic design and marketing guy, Zach, does all the branding. Yeah. But he's also been helping me because he communicates with both stores. What's Zach's last name? Fink. He, no. His branding's, I mean, the, the branding's fantastic. Oh, it's phenomenal. And yeah. the way I laughed at Zach, Zach and Scott are at Crawford Design. And mm-hmm. if I didn't have them, I probably would have closed Crawford Design years ago uh, because they, they pretty much just run Crawford Design. Uh, I've, I've, I've laughed that they really don't need me uh, <laughs> because we're now their checks are on auto draft. Yeah. Uh, so I don't even have to sign checks anymore. <laughs> but, That's awesome. Um, but no, the branding, the, we, we're working on consistency. With, that was a big challenge of ours. Was yeah, it's a challenge for any restaurant. I mean, in one location to get the same, the, make a sandwich on Monday that tastes the same as the same sandwich on Friday, that's tough enough. But then to do it across two locations where I know if I get a Rhino Burrito at uptown versus downtown on two different days, they're going to taste the same. It's going to be this. And yeah. that's that's what we're, we're, we're trying to work on a third location. And so it's even more challenging of like, okay, now we're doing three yeah. spots. So. so why did you decide to do a kitchen at the downtown? Uh, same principle. I mean, we needed the food concept yeah, yeah. to stay alive. Right. Um, and and you brought alcohol in downtown. We brought alcohol. That was not the silver bullet that I expected. We laughed that um, we we just must not know how to market al- alcohol. Um, I, I think it is the market, not your marketing. I think it is the market of Shreveport likes to compartmentalize coffee shops versus well, that, compartmentalize alcohol shops. And that's the other thing is like I talked to my brother uh, who goes out a little more than I do. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of weird. I'm having a drink at Rhino and people are studying around me. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it's not really the atmosphere. Uh, less than 4% of our sales are alcohol. So oh, that alcohol, uh, that license that is pretty zig. big too. Yeah. Not, I, well, so tell us about the patio fight too. Like, I mean, not the fight, I shouldn't call it that, but I know you guys didn't just walk in and fence in an area outside. No, we tried. We wanted a patio because of our atmosphere at Uptown. We were trying to replicate it. And uh, Jeff was pivotal with that. Uh, at one point in time, I was laughing with Jeff because he's like, we got to get this legislation. And I was like, well, what are they going to do if I just put it out one day? Like, shouldn't I just put it out and ask for, for forgiveness later? He's like, no, Andrew, that's a horrible idea. Like, this is <laughs> Just city. beta test this patio. This like. is city property. You can't do that. So, I mean, but uh, it, it, we had to get Kevin Bryan to draw, uh, like, Plans for architectural us. rendings for of renderings for a lot. fence and some tables. I mean, of the uh, yeah, of the fence and the, because their biggest concern was leaving enough space for wheelchairs. Yeah, yeah. On the sidewalk, sure. so well, it's a sizable patio, and there's still room on the. I mean, we. Uh, it's funny because I made it half the size, and Kevin Bryan was like, "I mean, if you're going to go through the trouble, make it bigger." Uh, and he's like, "They'll let you do it." So we made it bigger, and then. Uh, Putting irrigation to the plants was a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, uh, because we had no water on that wall, so we had to come through the basement and drill up. Uh, oh wow! So, but it it was fun. I'm glad we did it. Uh, I don't know if you know Mark Chevalier. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, Thor Chevalier. Uh, okay. They're two contractors in town. Yeah. And I tried to build that patio on my own because I'm frugal, and I got stuck on something. And Mark came over and he's like, Andrew. These, these boxes are like lopsided. I mean, 
<laughs> let me help you. And so Mark built the patio. Mm-hmm. Um, and we laughed because I, I was like, Mark, this looks really good. And he's like, yeah, I, th- I think it looks a lot better now that I got involved. Uh, <laughs> now that a professional is, is building very, the patio. He was, very, uh, he was very funny about the way he like did it. He didn't reprimand me for trying to do it on my own, but uh, he. So you, you guys had to get that through the city council or the MPC. Or? It went through the city council, yeah. and then um, the city council delegated the the DDA to have a committee. <laughs> and uh, the patio committee. So we we it was a twelve page application. Oh my God! Well, and, uh, it, you know, you've got proof of concept now. Maybe it'll be easier for the next go. Yeah, and we were thrilled that. Uh, that uh, Missing Link did it, and I, yeah. think, I think I think Newt's trying to do it. I mean, I, well, last that, I heard I th- it brings the outside in. I mean, we're trying to build downtown. We're trying to make downtown more attractive. And when you're walking down the street, every building, it has to do with architecture and the facade and the, the new way that we now drive everywhere, park, and walk in. And walk in, yeah. Uh, versus, you know, 50 years ago when everyone walked everywhere, you know, uh, Commerce was bustling downtown and all. But I think now it shows people it, you know, when they're driving or walking downtown, it shows people, hey, there's something going on in here. It's an identifier for, I, I know a lot of people that when they come from out of town to work, they end up downtown somewhere. So that's Hilton or Remington or a casino, yeah. casino yeah. or Holiday Inn, mm-hmm. like one of those places. And it's like, where do we, we don't know where to go. I think I saw something when I was driving oh, in yeah. and then they end up there. They do a lot of work there and they know. Oh no! I, I go my office when I'm there is Rhino. I go there. I, yep. I can, you know, I have food. I have internet. I can do all the stuff I need to do. It looks very attractive at night when you drive by there too, yep. with the lights and the. Yeah. yeah, Liz was a huge advocate for it and pushed yeah. through it or pushed in this. Well, she gets it and she, she understands. She gets what Rhino, not just bringing coffee, food, and some wine and beer or whatever. In the it it brings something more to downtown than than merely a place to buy coffee. Well, that's that's why I think our. Our, even before I met my landlord, he was so adamant on it. Like I remember seeing his banner and saying, it, at that time, it was a 24-hour coffee shop. I was like, crap, there's another <laughs> coffee shop coming in. Uh, but he was so adamant about having a coffee shop because he, he's like, it'll bring people into the building. It'll bring people from the surrounding mm-hmm. areas together. Yeah. Um, so. so you mentioned you're doing another do you want to talk about your other? Work? We, uh, I can't release the okay. location yet, but well, uh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I, I, before we run out of here, yeah. we've got about five or ten minutes before we both have to run. But the, um, you and Grant Knuckles have have acquired Jacklands, not necessarily the uh, the property, but the 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 luncheon. The luncheon. We yeah, the, the we place. We found out. Uh, do you, uh, I'm just dropping names. Do you know Ellen Holmesa or Ellen Irwin? Um, well, the, Doc, Dr. Holmes, uh, was, she and I were at Bird at the same time. Okay. Yeah. So you know this her the, sister. Yeah, okay. She, I was dropping my kid off at daycare, and she's like, did you hear? And I was like, what? <laughs> it's such a Shreveport thing. And she goes, Jacqueline's is closing. And I, 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 I thought someone had died. But yeah. I, was, I mean, it, it was sensory to a lot of people. Her, she's, her dad was, uh, he's an attorney. He was just distraught, she said. Uh, <laughs> Because he like gets his pies there at Thanksgiving, and they're a huge fan of Jacqueline's. So, I it's right down the street from my office. I love walking there on a pretty day. Like, yeah. I love it. Well, I call my uncle, and he's like, "No," he's like, "I'll call the owners." And he called. <laughs> this the, can't happen. He called the owners and called back, and he's like, "Okay, it is closing, but they're willing to talk to you." And I go, "What do you mean? They're willing to talk?" I was just sharing news. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> how, so call how, in the bring in the cavalry, like call how, Grant. How like, far are you guys from being prepared to take over for Tito's? <laughs> for Tito's, because <laughs> you know it seems like there's a there's a large constituency of the downtown and and sort of population that's like more of the female population likes to go to Jacqueline's while their Man. husbands go over to the Fertitas and and then they sort of flip-flop on their days on different days yeah. it is it's interesting because there's a different clientele on different yeah. days and they do like there's a certain atmosphere that's at Jacqueline's and then there's like if you were to go into Fertitas like I mean that place is it's a very specific thing that it's it has but that's also if people couldn't go there that's like if you close the petroleum club down like people will be like where do i go i don't know where to go we had someone we had a lady get mad at me for painting the inside of jacqueline's and i was like man the, the, some of the paint was peeling like it needed a fresh paint job and she's like i liked it the way it was right. so, i mean the shreveport <laughs> likes it the way it was and, and in a lot of context yeah. shreveport likes it the way it was so so jacqueline's food tastes the same as it did before you bought it still great um we, and, and i see you and grant waiting tables i see you behind the <laughs> counter i see you bussing tables i mean you guys are working that place and the only real change that I've seen is you put a square or, or a, a point put, of sale. We put a point of sale in. They, uh, moves a lot faster, and then you have to bring your number to the table so the waitresses know where to bring the food. That was a, that was some tension. I heard. Uh, <laughs> that, I don't know if Grant told you, but we, I ran it. Grant was out of town the first week we took over, so I was like, "All right, well, I'll jump in there." Um, and I, all the they had all the prices memorized, and I'm, I'm dyslexic. I, I'm not good at school, and I'm. After like the third day, I went and bought a square because I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. Uh, but an unintended side effect was, and I'm sharing a secret, but they would ring you up for your food, swipe the credit card, you'd sign the ticket, they'd put the tip in it. While it was dialing out on the phone line, um, they'd watch you, see where you went down, and all the tables were numbered. So he'd write, if it was on the left, L6. Well, when we switch to internet, we got internet in the building. I'd swipe your card, hand it back to you, and it's done. And I'd, <laughs> I'd have, so I look down and I've got seven tickets, and I don't remember. Like I started writing like blue shirt uh, because I couldn't remember where yeah. they're going. So that's why we switched to the numbers because uh, we sped up the ticket system yeah, yeah, yeah. so fast that the old system didn't work because you didn't have that lag time. I think I've thanked you and Grant individually for buying that, but that, that little area of town uh, means a lot to me because I have an investment over there, which is my law office, yeah. my building, and I love to see uh, places like well-fed. I like to see Monjuni's crowded. I, I hated to see the village close, and I would have absolutely hated to see Jacqueline's close. Well, and Jimmy and Jacqueline wanted it. After, at first, they were closing it, yeah. but I think they were closing it because they didn't know who to pass it on sure, to. Sure, sure. Um, and after having conversations, we, it was obvious that, like, they wanted us to keep it. They wanted it to succeed because they've been doing it for 36 years. And they made it su succeed. I mean, the, the, the way they ran their business was oh, 10 yeah. to 2, five days a week, done. done. Yeah. And and very consistent, very good food uh, and solid food. The menu's not always rotating. It's, it is what it is, and it, and it succeeds. It's awesome. We laughed. When we realized they really, really, really wanted us to succeed was we, we did like the final paperwork, and Jimmy let us know that the deal had changed. I'm like, oh, gosh. Um, he wants more money, uh, and he's like, "No, the price hadn't it's hadn't changed, but we're now going to paint the exterior of the building and buy you a new oven before you leave, or before we leave." Wow, 
Okay. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it, and that's when it was blatantly obvious, like, he bought a new range for us before we left. You know, that's, you uh, you, we talk about the difference between Treeport and other places where one might want to live. Yeah. That, that negotiation doesn't happen no. in most places. No, it doesn't. He knew that that was, he's like, it's a 40-year-old oven. And he knew that. Man, that, it might a, break, and we were going to have to replace it right when we took over. So he he replaced it for us. That's so, amazing. So that was that's a fun story because it just completely flipped. Like we were just confused walking out of that meeting. We're like, what just happened? Um, he he just put a bunch of money in the building before he left. So well, you you've done a lot of things for Shreveport in in the two rhinos and then the design group and and you know keeping a, a dress shop alive. <laughs> And uh, really in, invigorating downtown, keeping an older part of town still, you know, viable for a, a solid lunch crowd every day. So wh- what do you wish you would have known about business before you became uh, the businessman that you are now? Um, believe it or not, I wish I would have worked longer in a coffee shop. Okay. I, I, I worked for a short period of time in a coffee shop, but uh, I should have spent more time in there because I, I learned a lot of lessons the hard way. And I could have probably just learned them in a coffee shop. Um, <laughs> so, so before you open your own shop, work in someone else's? Yeah, work in someone else's, which I did it for about six months, but yeah. I, I should have done it for like two years. Um, so, well, What's the best part about doing business in Shreveport? You know, I think the community. I hate to keep saying that. No, we're every, hearing it from everybody. Yeah, man, everyone yeah. supports you. I mean, people ask me, someone asked me once, why are you so successful? And I'm like, I'm not successful. The community has supported Rhino, and yeah. that's why we're still here. Yeah. Um, if we didn't have the community, we'd be under in no time. So they truly love local. Yeah. And that, I believe that. Well, um, what do you think Shreveport as a community could do better than it's already doing? Um, oh, that's a hard we're, one. We're writing the book. We are we, we doing the book. the book. We're doing the book. Like more businesses because the book's oh, yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. written. Yeah, yeah. The there's, a, there's a lot of things. That, that the how is, to open a business. Yeah. Like done. We're doing, well, probably that next weekend. We, we'll next that weekend. Next we all have a lot of time. Yeah. Well, a, a, lot lot of of free time, time, a lot of free and time. And I think we're probably just going to spend the rest of today just writing this book. Probably. <laughs> well, it'll make at least $11. Yeah. Like $11. Yeah. yeah. Right, now, so, uh, you know what I thought was cool? I, I, going back I, to my landlord, now he, he had some problems before he passed, but uh, yeah. the city gave him a building to renovate and turn into the lofts. I'm like, we got a bunch of empty buildings downtown. I wonder what, I wonder who else we can give buildings to renovate. And I mean, he paid for the whole renovation. Now he got tax credits. Sure. But I'm like, that's an interesting concept of what if we reach out to people outside of Shreveport and say, hey, here's a seven story building. If you move your business here. Or maybe inside of Shreveport. <laughs> yeah, or inside. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's how this entire 3180 got started and how Thomas and I started talking about a lot of stuff is looking at vacant buildings downtown and saying, what what does Shreveport need to do to occupy its own buildings yeah. and occupy its own core? Um, what is Shreveport getting right? What are we doing correctly, whether as a government or as a citizenry? I think we're, I think we're doing better publicizing Shreveport. I okay. Think, I think we're doing better. Uh, I mean, People used to tell me all the time there's nothing to do in Shreveport, and yeah. now I never hear that, which is thrilled because if you think there's nothing to do in Shreveport, you're living under a rock. And, and you're also a part of that. I, I didn't even get with That's a whole different <laughs> we'll conversation. Let, we let Matt do all that. We'll time, let Matt know. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, Crawfest is coming up in March, yeah. and uh, and you're a part of Derby Day as well. We heard about the train wreck that was the first oh. Derby Day, so um, you're absolutely a part of that. And and I have a couple last questions. Why the name Rhino? No one believes me. 
Uh, but I, I told you I was in DePaul. Mm-hmm. I hadn't named the store yet. Okay, this hypothetical coffee shop with a business plan with like every, we had. You didn't know what it was going to be. It called. was called Good Coffee. <laughs> and then I was driving down Uri Drive, and I saw a sign for Good Eats, and then I saw Monjuni's sign that said Monjuni's Better Eats. And I was like, okay, I can't call it good coffee. Uh, <laughs> but we were hiking in Nepal, and we're crossing a riverbed, and there's a rhino in the riverbed. And we had to sit there and wait on it. Uh, and later, someone was like, rhinos aren't indigenous to Nepal. So I looked it up and found out that one of the Nepalese kings brought in rhinos at some point in time. But we had to sit for like three or four hours with my buddies and just wait for the rhino to lose interest in us. Um, and... I was like, I'm going to call it Rhino Coffee. And actually, my aunt, who is an investor, was like, I will pay you. I will pay someone to find a better day than that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was entertaining. But it was very brandable. I mean, and it, 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 it's so brandable that it, it seems that uh, it seems like you're trying to build a franchisable concept. And I, I, won't, I won't even let you answer that. But ever since I saw Rhino, ever since I walked in the one on Southfield, especially with what you've done downtown, and how they feel different, but they feel the same. I'm like, I, I've said that about the great raft beer cans too. I'm like, they're all so completely different, but they all tie together. They've got and some cool beer cans. There is something franchisable about what you're doing. I know you know that, and I, and I won't even ask you about that. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, if you could send a text message, if you get a message out to everybody in Shreveport, what would it say? What would uh, you want everybody to know? Oh, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Can well, I, good. Oh, you can you I'll can text. Ta- you. Yeah, you can phone that one in. <laughs> but uh, man, thank you for being here today. And uh, I appreciate and, it. Thanks yeah. for letting me come. And thanks. Sorry, it was so late. And, oh no, no, you, you were right on time. <laughs> so yeah, we appreciate uh, we appreciate you. And I bet you have something else that you have to go do today. So thanks a lot. No, thank you. Take care. Thank you.